Get ready to be mind blown. And now for today's hashtag lane hack with just the tip. Run, don't walk your way to simplepassivecashflow.com and sign up for the Hooey Pipeline Club and get in on the deal flow. Today is January 5th, 2019, and this is the second episode of the Journey to Simple Passive Cash Flow. My investor quarterly newsletter out to my investors. This is supposed to be a, you know, there's just so much content out there. So what I do here in this monster post is I try and compile what I've been doing, news I've been reading, and, you know, what's kind of going on in my life on, on here because a lot of my investors, they like to kind of follow me. So this kind of is the video recording of this. Apparently, you know, this is sort of recap the fourth quarter of 2018 I'm probably around 5000 a month of cash flow passively coming in. Definitely not where I want to be. I want to be around 10 eventually. But hey, it's all part of the journey, right? And I started to do these. I started with a really ambitious schedule of doing this every month. Then it went to every two months. And then I realized that was just too much. So now it's, I'm going to try and do this every quarter. And I'm also looking to take back some time personally we just got done with the goals seminar if you guys need a recording of that check it out on the website or shoot me an email lane at simple passive cash flow and i'll help you find that one of my goals is to kind of relax a little bit and um, especially with the market so hot and i'm looking to take the podcast down to two times a week because one one time a week was just getting too much and i'm trying to focus more on quality and building relationships with all my investors as opposed to just churning out content after content. Cause I figure a lot of you guys are working professionals. You guys have lives and yet better things to do to listen to me talk every week or every day. So again, this is a document full of different things I've been reading. I've been also creating this, this page here, simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start. And if you scroll down to the bottom, in bottom of the middle of the page here, I've been I, I I pretty much update this this document like at least once a week. But these these are sort of the guides of the new investments that I've been kind of looking at and putting my my notes in. So a lot of these are the bread and butter investments, and here are the more exotic stuff. You know things like life settlements, conservation easements, are things that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Lately, I've been kind of looking at commercial retail space to invest in, but still a lot of it in, in the development. But you guys can check back there from time to time. And, and if anything interests you or you want to kind of team up on some due diligence, some, some deals, let me know. And this is all sort of to get outside of the apartment investing world. I, You guys don't know my story. In 2016, I joined an apartment investing group because I took that logical route, right? Like I had some single family homes, duh, let's go get an apartment. So that's what I went and did. It's a great asset class, but especially in this day, I mean, look around, there's like a dozen different gurus trying to teach you this stuff. And what's scary to me is a lot of people getting into the game or people with no track record, no money, you know, just, and a lot of the underwriting is getting very reckless in my opinion. So I'm trying to be very selective on the deals that I jump into. 
We had our Sonoma Mastermind last year, which is pretty cool. Check out some of the the testimonials we got taped there. Thanks again for you guys for doing that. A lot of great wine and great relationships were formed. And that's what I'm trying to do with the Simple Passive Cashflow platform is it essentially started out to try and create like a, a close, intimate group that is a little inclusive where not everybody gets in filled with high quality people. The next mastermind that we're going to meet up is, is in LA. I think that's March 14th. Let me know if you're interested and uh, we can hook you up with the booking agent on that one. But already 25 people have signed up for that from our group. So we will likely sit apart from each other because it's kind of like a private event. You probably, you, you got to kind of play full out on it. So it's not cool to be with people, you know, but we'll definitely do a couple of events on the tail ends to kind of, so everybody can meet each other, get the conversation and, you know, kind of make the face to face so that hopefully, you know, we can all be all, you know, not only friends on the internet, but actually real friends in real life, as well as that the mini book club I'm having in January for the tax-free wealth uh, with Tom Wright is another way I'm trying to build community. And um, we're in the second week of it now. There'll probably be a few more webinars we'll do. I've got the replay of the first one in here. And then we've got several more, like I said. So if you haven't gone into that or you want to just check out some of our previous recordings, let me know or come to this page. Something big I've been working on is a group coaching program because a lot of you guys have been asking for it. I mean, I've been doing the coaching for quite a while and that was kind of like more of like trying to figure out how to work with people, trying to hone my skills. And I realized I really like doing it. It's just, it's not scalable to do it on a one-on-one level. And for a lot of guys buying a a single family home, you know, with 20, 20, 30 grand to your name, it's really hard to fork out five, six grand on private coaching. And, And admittedly, so like I wouldn't do it right? Because I'm cheap and I think I can do everything myself on the internet. But I think if this program I'm going to roll out, it's going to be all the content on Simple Passive Cashflow curated in modules. And we're going to go through it as a group week by week. There's about 27 weeks of content. And we're going to go through it like just like how we used to do in college and high school, where everybody goes through it. And there's a lot of collaboration in the private Facebook group. I think the big thing is the relationship buildings amongst your peers and cohorts. There'll be bi-weekly calls there, you know, just like this where everybody can ask questions. A good example of that would be, you know, check out the, the 2019 launch that we did for all the goals here. Simplepassivecashflow.com backslash 2019 launch. We've put our goals, we got together, we put our goals and it was a nice little webinar on there you guys can take a replay but that's pretty much how i like to run things we'll get into a zoom channel like this and and hash out and people will get to know each other it'll be a good group and we'll get on bi-weekly calls one one week will be more specific about getting your own direct investments whether that be turnkeys or doing some burrs out of state and um, doing your own bigger deals and then, then the other one the other bi-weekly call of the month will be more high level more focused on syndication, general wealth building, doing some of the things that the rich are doing. We'll kind of talk, that'll be more of the focus of that one. Again, I, I've been slowly creating this mission statement. So here's the link there, simplepassivecashflow.com backslash mission. 
if you guys are interested in that, that beta release, um, check out simplepassthecashflow.com backslash journey. We'll be building a survey there if you, so you guys can be first in line to get access to that. We're only going to let in like 10 founding members at that cheaper rate. And here's that form to apply there. Finished a bunch of charity in 2019. You guys can check out this page here, charity 2018. We uh, donated to a school to get them all this choose love stuff. Here is all the donated items and about a thousand dollars that we funded in less than a few hours, which was pretty cool. We use donorschoose.org to hear all the kids. They can't show their faces. That's kind of one of the rules, but they bought this little man and the choose love is the anti-bullying thing. Uh, Last year we did Relay for Life in 2017. So looking for something for 2019. I haven't figured out what we want to do. Currently, the Investor Club, the Hui Deal Pipeline Club, we've raised over $13 million from our investors to acquire $255 million worth of real estate in the past few years. I'm pretty, pretty surprised by that. I, I never thought that if I did a podcast and a, and a YouTube channel that people would actually want to invest with me, but apparently that's true. That's the thing we live in. So thanks for you know trusting me, guys. I really try and like, find good people to work with. And even though we're kind of co-investing and, you know, not all deals go well, I I do, you know, it's kind of fun to invest with other people. So here's a big question that that people have been asking. How do you see the current market? Uh, I have summarized a lot of my deals here in this article. You guys can read it later. Uh, As for my own personal portfolio, like I mentioned earlier, multifamily, I understand it the best. Like I know all the underwriting tricks that these syndicators like to do, and I can run the P&Ls and the rent rolls myself. However, I'm realizing that me, my personal portfolio is getting very heavy in multifamily, like at least 80% of it. And even though I'm, I'm selling off my single family homes too at the moment, I have about four left. I want asset class diversity because that's what I see what higher level investors are doing. But again, I'm moving out of my comfort zone, which is the multifamily into like mobile home park, self-storage, commercial retail. And I admittedly, I can't verify the numbers. And now I have to rely more on my network and peers and mentors as I move into it, which makes me comfortable since I'm kind of a number, more of a numbers guy. Here's a chart on the interest rates. Kind of cool thing to happen. The 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 tenant ten year treasury went down even though the the Fed raised rates, which is kind of a neat phenomenon. We went into this Texas A class deal, which normally I would never do, but there was this component of thirteen acres of land that wasn't in the performa. That's sort of the kicker, and that's really the only reason why I went into that deal. And another deal that I'm I'm going into is a assisted living development. It's not built, not cash flowing today for sure, but I like the asset class of assisted living and the emerging, emerging, not emerging market, but emerging asset class. That's what excites me. So I'm in, but remember, I'm just using the minority portion of my portfolio to go into these more speculative deals. I still will never really do a luxury class A flip or any flip for that 
matter other than the, the properties that I'm rehabbing to sell <laughs> my turnkeys that I'm rehabbing to sell. I guess those are in the count. But I think, you know, the game plan for me is stick to boring class C and D assets that are stabilized today and have non-recourse debt and long-term the term on the debt's longer. So like eight to 12 years. Um, that debt is kind of like a ladder. Like if the, if the economy goes up and down in a matter of eight to 12 years as a usual market cycle, the eight to 12 year note kind of bridges you to the next side where at least you don't sell in the trough. So that's the idea behind that. And I'm thinking like a lot of these deals, they'll cash flow at eight to 10%. And, you know, if there's a recession, well, at least then the cash flow just dips down a little bit and it's 5%. And yeah, that won't be too great, but I'll be light years ahead of everybody else who's in the stock market. They get just, just get destroyed there as we've seen in December of 2018. And people are, are always like, like, how do you, how do you do the sensitivity analysis? Or like, what are you looking at to, you know, make you sleep at night knowing that your money is in the market. And like I said, you know, stabilize deals today. Don't bet off performance is what I kind of drive off of. I always try and when I, cause I can play up the numbers. What I usually do in my spreadsheets is like, I assume like a 10 or 15 drop in rents, you know? So like if something's rented for 800, I'm assuming like it goes down to 700, 720 or something like that. And I'm also in addition to that rent drop, I'm going to plug in a 10 to 15 decrease in vacancy. So if it's humming along at 95%, I want to see how it is at 70, 75%. And then I want to see that go through a rocky three to six months as the A and B class people, they get foreclosed, they lose their jobs, and they come back to the B and C class. That's all that phenomenon shifting down. So that's how I see of a recession affecting my investments. I think it's a mistake to just say, if you're under a million dollars net worth, and you're playing the game that you're going to be sitting on cash, I think you're doing the wrong thing. I think you still need to be growing your portfolio, but doing it smart, which is in stabilized deal with forced appreciation. I think you'll hear a lot of, you know, higher level guys saying, Oh, I'm not investing in these days. It's like, well, of course they're not because they can live off their assets today and they don't have to take any chances. But me personally, I'm kind of in this middle land. I'm not like, not broke. I'm not like under half a million dollars net worth, nor am I like one of these guys that are like way up there. I'm still kind of in the middle. So I feel like my personal strategy is very a hybrid of the two. So this, like I said, this deal in North Dallas, it was class A 2018 build. The cool thing about the the new builds is that they, they cash flow sooner into nicer asset, but you know, you don't like class A, right? Because th- these are the people that get killed the most in a recession. These are like the, those yuppies that, yeah, they're making 60, 70 grand a year. But then when the jobs go away, they, they go to nothing and then they're gone. I would not go into an A-class deal today, but I think this one was underwritten right. Like we did like a 2% rent increase per year. Uh, which is pretty conservative, I think. And like I said, the the 13 land, 13 acres of land was the kicker in this particular deal. We also closed a few properties, smaller properties in Huntsville. We also did the 77 unit mobile home park as a group purchase in that one. So that one, 
Admittedly, yeah, I guess I keep breaking my rule. That one was a development, make no mistake. It was uh, $200,000 for the park and over a million dollars for the CapEx. But the way I justify it in my head, in my own portfolio, is that mobile home parks are probably the most recession-resistant asset class out there. I mean, think about it. They're not making more of these things. And as the A's come back to the B's and the B's come back to the C's, the demand for mobile home parks is just going to go up and up and up. Again, no flipping fancy homes and partnering with amateur hour flippers. I will not do that. So if you got a deal like that, please don't send it to me. Overwhelmed by the amount of stuff is on Simple Passive Cashflow? Don't know where the heck to start? Go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start to sign up or text the word SIMPLE to 314-665-1767 for the curated course to get you up to speed on the past two years of content. Again, join the free web course, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. Go to simplepassivecashflow backslash start or text the word SIMPLE to 314-665-1767. I, I personally don't really have a good mix of asset classes, but in my opinion, I'm kind of shooting for like half multifamily and then the rest of a mix of mobile home parks, self-storage, assisted living, and then maybe a few others, whether it's more speculative, like a hotel investment. I haven't found any good one yet, but you know, that's kind of where I'm heading. And, and, you know, you have, you have goals and it, a lot of it's constrained by deal flow. Like, you know, it's just hard to find good deals that are underwritten right with the right people running it. So again, if you guys want to join in on the next deal, um, simplepassivecashflow.com backslash club, create a por- profile there and let's, you know, build a relationship over time. Question, a lot of people are looking at syndication deals or different deals in general. What is a normal IRR? Today, I'm seeing realistic IRs, you know, in cash flowing assets that are more on the safer side, 13 to 15% is a pretty good IR. I'll see deals out there, 16% plus that are not heavy value add. And what I mean by that is that they're putting in less than $8,000 per unit of upgrades. Usually about $4,000 is like semi-average to low. Yeah, I, I definitely shake my head at that. I just don't think it's possible. And I don't like IR because IR, if you shift the cash flow earlier, like if you have an interest only loan or something like that, that definitely like skews the IRs like greatly. Like it can bump it up by 20, 30% just like that. And everybody, it's, it's very heavily manipulated that I even really look at it because I know it's all BS anyway. Some of the, the off the wall stuff that I really don't like being done on underwriting is. Oh, I got, yeah, it's, I got it here. Yeah. Or smoking something. I got like a little, I'm starting my cannabis asset class info page here. <laughs> so it's a little joke. So I see people assuming like three, four, 4% rent increases or more a year. And that's just not going to happen. That will not happen in my opinion. So you better not see it. And that greatly affects the, the prices or the, the, the underwriting and here's that cannabis page i've got i'm just starting to put things in here i think it, the trouble we're seeing is like in 2011 2014 was the golden era of multifamily and like you know limited partners 
got used to the idea of doubling their money every five years, 100% ROI in five is the term. A lot of the, these deals were done without even doing the full business plan, which is the problem. Like, you know, they're, they're only rehabbing like 25% of units. And then someone, some idiot will come and buy the property. And then they were able to, you know, more than double their investors' money. So they're able to put it on the rec- track record, but they just got lucky by market appreciation. Yeah, they did some forced appreciation, but not the full business plan. And when you pull back the curtain and you look beyond just like, yeah, they, and they gave back 150% of capital in three years, then you realize like, you know, maybe they, they, they don't really know what they're doing or they just got lucky. So that's why I like to go into deals knowing like what are their assumptions going in so that we can't just rely on just getting lucky from 2011, 2014. And I think, like I said, you see everybody rushing into the space. If you follow Grant Cardone, which I'm, you know, I, I think he's funny, but I think he, he's telling people with no job, no track record, with nothing to lose to go start syndicating apartment buildings. You know, it's sort of just a, a race for everybody to build their, their uh, door counts. Like, I mean, I guess myself included, I'm up to 2,100 units at this point. I, I think it's kind of a race for arms and it's definitely getting, you kind of scratch your head a little bit. Like, is this, this how the world ends? I guess I feel like I got into the syndication game early in 2015 to 2016 when I started to play around with that stuff. And that gives me the ability to kind of see the frenzy from fact. And that's why I'm trying to get outside of the apartment game. And I think if you're looking to be an apartment operator, Dude, you got to look into some other asset class because there's just too many apartment operators. It's too crowded. Yeah, it's, it's good financing and you can just hand it off to a property manager. But that inherently, the ease of doing that is inherently why everybody is doing it and why there's no good deals out there. Any, any questions from the, the folks that joined us? Any other, if you want to ch- type it into the chat window, let me know. Or if you want to come off mute, go ahead and ask it. Well, I'll go into the new podcasts and articles that have got kind of gone out this past quarter. Um, I'll kind of just flow through this. Oh, I got into a car accident and now I just ride my bike around. So that's kind of fun. I, I live about a few miles away from work. So <clears throat> that's kind of fun. I'm trying to find, you know, if you guys follow Mr. Money Mustache, he's probably got the most popular blog out there for financial independence but and you know he's definitely very lean in terms of you know he doesn't like to go into debt and he just rides his bike to the grocery store like every day i'm a little more fat fat fire if you want to use that term or sumo fire or yeah i'm frugal but i'm not going to uh start living like a caveman so i'm just going to go through the the list of the last podcast and articles i wrote and, and kind of highlight the the really really important ones episode 119 with ed babkus if you guys are still having single family homes great listen how i dissected my recent insurance claims learn the value of the different actual value and cash value on your your insurances i would always recommend doing placement value because if you do actual value they'll say your house they'll just depreciate it on paper and, and give you a check for a fraction of what you really need 
coffee is still available if you guys want to pick up the last few parcels um, in this batch. SimplePassiveCashflow.com backslash coffee. We've got some networking tips there. I kind of keep this as a, a living page, just networking tips. I think I have it here. People. SimplePassiveCashflow.com backslash people. Kind of a fun video with Jalen Rose. He talks about how there's givers and t- or adders, subtractors, dividers, and multipliers and how he doesn't hang out with subtractors or dividers. So I, I, I add um, tips onto this page from time to time. Yeah, a lot of newer articles that I wrote. All of these seem so long ago. Get your QRP. QRP is kind of the silver bullet. Um, if you guys follow me a lot, you know, I, I kind of bash solo, or uh, not solo 401ks. I think solo 401ks are good, but I'll bash self-directed IRAs, self-directed Roth IRAs a lot because of a lot of the downsides with, you know, your money's tied up for so long and you can't leverage it and it's so restricted. You got to pay all these fees all the time. But I do believe Damon's got like the, um, the silver bullet here for that. If you've got a lot of money in your 401k to put it in your QRP and start investing out of there. Estate planning with Andrew Howe. I think if you don't have a trust, you need to go get a trust yesterday. And he can help you do that. And I've got a few other um, referrals if you guys are looking for that. Good people to work with. I just set mine up. So I'm kind of set at this point. The article that you guys want to be checking from time to time is simplepassivecashflow.com backslash syndication. That's kind of one of my, uh, my cornerstone articles that I, I update. A lot of good information in there. There's a lot of talk about this opportunity fund zone stuff. I'm not a big fan of it. They they haven't really figured out all the nuances of it, but it's here's my little um, page on that. And uh, you can check out all the last deals I've done from 25 to 32 here on the YouTube ones. And if you guys have anybody who's interested in this, please forward it on to them. I'm always listen to, looking to connect with cool people. Oh, I got engaged recently, so I got a little article on investing in diamonds, which is a little tongue-in-cheek. It's just about your bro's guide to buying a diamond online. Cost segregation and bonus depreciation. So a lot of you guys going into syndication deals where it's big enough to do a cost seg, this is definitely a good read for you so you understand what's happening. And just all in taxes in general, that's why we're doing the, the that sort of book club study on on Tomer Wright's tax-free wealth. I don't have them on the podcast here in the next month. So that's kind of why, why we're doing it. Check out, if you guys haven't heard of the infinite banking concept, check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash bank and uh, learn how to do it there. If you guys need any referrals, let me know. Like I said, I'm trying to sell off the last of my single family homes. And a lot of that is due to, it's just a pain in the butt to do a lot of these these direct investment stuff and it's not scalable. Um, so uh, I've been updating my PETA file, which stands for pain in the ass. So it's my way of like vetting to the world of all the annoyances of being like a, a landlord. If you're still looking for single family homes, check out this podcast with Graham Parnum. He's um, one of the lenders I work with. He can tell you about the changes in like, you know, Fannie and Freddie lending in the residential world, one to four units. I apologize if I'm kind of busy this first half of this year. I'm kind of trying to get married and trying to plan that. So 
I guess it's all a, trying to work on other things other than wealth building stuff. So apologize for that. Uh, number 48 here. I think this is a pretty important concept here for a lot of us looking for deals. You know, if you're having $25,000, $50,000 into a deal and, you know, like if another deal comes up, you would probably need to put this um, liquidity fund together so you can be, you know, you can go after deals. I think most times you call it, you call it the um, emergency fund. I don't like the term of that. I like more of the opportunity fund because we're, we're here playing offense, not defense here. So you can check that out. And this is what I, what personally I do for my, uh, how I manage my liquidity. I don't really have too much money in the bank at any one time in my checking account, but I'll have, if a deal comes up, I can pull money from my AHP who came up with that new fund and my life insurance banking. Any questions on the articles or any things you guys seen? Let me know, type it in the chat. Or shoot me an email, Lane at Simple Passive Cashflow. So this next section, not Fox News, is all the articles that I've been reading over the last quarter. And it's a little overwhelming, I have to admit. I don't know if I'm going to go over them all. There's about 72 articles or points I have. Maybe I'll kind of just skim over the highlights. Yeah, it's very dense here. And I'm, I'm sorry, some of the, the bullet points got out of order. So some of it's newer, some of it's a little older. You know, I think some of the bigger things, like you'll see a lot of like like San Francisco and Seattle, you're starting to see rents come down. And, you know, with the stock market sort of dipping in December, I think in my opinion, if I were to pull out my crystal ball, and I guess you heard it here first, I think 2019 will go okay, but I think the recession is coming in 2020. That's why I'm kind of making the move to go to more recession-resistant asset classes like mobile home parks, self-storage. I still like multifamily, but like I said, it's just too much noise in terms of too many operators putting out too many deals. A lot more junk than good deals to go into these days. One of the big things that has happened is that, and this is something that's new to me, the 10 and the two-year treasury graphs have inverted. and the the experts say, well, that's what supposedly marks the beginning of the end in a way. So there's a bunch of links on that in here. You guys can check it out as well as a lot of, you know, data from the different multifamily groups and real estate groups. And apartment rent is decelerating. It's still going up. Don't get me wrong, but it's nothing like 2011, 2014 for sure. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, you could probably spend hours on this page. We just close those two properties there. So one of the big things that's happening in the the world news is these trade wars. Trump is kind of getting into it with with China. And then that's the kind of the uncertainty at, at the moment in the world. And it's kind of funny, like, you know, this time last year, we we're all worrying about the Koreans bombing America and that whole war. And that's totally gone now. And, you know, it... If, in my opinion, it's kind of like there's always something that the news needs to put out and you don't know if it's a really true indicator on the economy. It just might be that the smart money is just taking their profits off the table and then the news needs to justify it somehow in some newspapers. I don't know. That, that's just how I think. Not to say that that's true. 
Yeah, I think Dallas and Fort Worth start to diverge. Um, Dallas has been like the darling of the nation in terms of apartment rents. Now it's definitely starting to uh, slow down there. Fort Worth, their sister city right next door, their rents are actually kind of growing higher at a higher rate. We just closed a 168 unit there. And I think we use two and a half, two or two and a half percent rent increases per year. That's what we use. I don't think there's any other market in America other than a primary market or maybe a Phoenix that you would use anything higher than a 3% rent increase per year. Again, what is, what does that change? Like if you use a 3% when really you be using a 2% that probably, and I'm just kind of guessing and shooting from the hip here, but that would probably change your total return from like a hundred percent return in five years to an 80 something percent in five years. So that drastically lowers the returns just by playing around with one number. Some things just aren't consumable in a podcast audio format like reports, investing trends, and my own personal investing happenings. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash club to sign up for the Hui Deal Pipeline Club to get the monthly email, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. So the, a little discussion on the interest rates here since I'm reading it. So the Fed are raising rates, I think they're currently at 2.5%, and they've been raising a quarter point every, almost every session since the last few years up to this point. And the reason why the, the 10-year treasury went down, which is very counterintuitive, is that despite the government, the Fed raising the rates, everybody else thinks that they're full of it and that the rates are going to go back down because the economy is sort of coming coming to an apex here. So in my opinion, it's a good time to sell your properties, your, your properties with good equity in before it goes away. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think you should keep your cash, the cash flow on ones. Like, but I'm, that's why I'm selling all my turnkeys because there's, there's no force appreciation. I'm putting it more into deals with cash flow and force appreciation. And again, if you're someone who's less than $500,000 of net worth and you're thinking you're going to play it on the sidelines, I think you're wrong. Yeah, the crowdfunding sites have been dropping like flies. I think the last one was like Realty Shares. I think they went out of business. I'm not a fan of these crowdfunding sites. It's kind of like it doesn't make any sense for the syndicator to go through a crowdfunding sites because these crowdfunding sites cost so much money. We we tried to use one for one of our deals, but it just didn't make economic sense. And as a syndicator, you're not able to get the investor list, which is the whole point of why you're doing it anyway, right? It's a referral business. So the crowdfunding site acts as a broker dealer and acts as an intermediary. So the syndicator never sees the investor's contact information. I think we'll kind of skip over all this new stuff. You guys can read it later. Here's the inversion of the two and the five year yield curves. Any questions on news, type it in and we'll kind of wrap it up with what I've been doing personally, because it's not just about all economics kind of my outlook on being happy and the holistic side of investing, check out simple passive cash flow backs.com backslash happy. I've got a little article that I kind of wrote there kind of outlining why I break it down into these six components of what I'm up to. And these come from Tony Robbins himself. And we're going to be heading there as a group in March. So if you guys want to come along, let me know. Lane at simple passive cash flow.com. 
But the first one he talked about is growth, which is working on something and getting better. One of my goals in 2018 was to do a raise over a million dollars. I definitely surpassed that. You know, a raise in one deal is the thing. I think a lot of people, they struggle just to get over the $250,000, $500,000 mark. So you know, definitely feeling good about that, where I'm at now. And uh, thank you all for you know trusting me and kind of believing in this stuff that I'm doing. It's not just BS. It's you know I, I may or may not be wrong, and I'm trying to always get better. And I I understand I don't know everything, but I try to be transparent. I I try to tell you how it is. And I always, whenever you guys go into deals, you guys know like always ask me what I think is a bad side of the deal because there's never a deal that doesn't have a bad side, but we just need to know about it going in because in everything there's risk, right? Well, this is kind of old. I didn't really update this, but at this point in time, when I wrote this, we had did, we had finished the Atlanta deal and then Huntsville deal. And then we went along and did the Fort Worth deal, the assist living, the Gulfport one now, and the other Texas one. And then the mobile home park one. So yeah, it was a busy it was a busy uh, time for sure. My vision is to kind of create this Huido Pipeline Club as sort of a syndication, a boutique syndication business where I know everybody. It's like cheers in a way. I want to know each and every one of you guys because like the whole reason why I did this was to kind of hear the cool feedback and this to hear like, oh, you know, now my wife doesn't have to work at her job or now I can do this, this thing. And, you know, now we don't have to worry about college. That was that's that's why I want to know each and every single one of you guys. So if you guys have been on the fence, um, kind of just looking at the deals, set up a call, you know, maybe we just don't get along and you don't want to work with me. That's cool. I personally would rather find that up, up front, I guess. Uh, number two is contribution, kind of giving back to others. Grant Cardone is kind of working on this fun of his own where he's in this A reg A plus offering. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Maybe that's something I might want, might want to go to one of these days. But, you know, I think there's one thing he's doing is he's he's reaching out to the non-wealthy. A lot of this stuff is country club stuff to get into the sandbox with rich people, and which is a real shame, right? Because a lot of the hardworking middle class are working hard. They do everything that you're supposed to do, go to college, and yet they never really get ahead. So that's kind of been my big push, especially to do this in Hawaii because really nobody does this in Hawaii. They just try and sell like $5,000 coaching packages for, for, for doing nothing in my opinion. Again, I, I don't target people with lower net worth. If you've got money, cool. But if you don't, you need to get some more money to go invest in deals first, build your cash flow. Then let's work together. That's my MO. I, I, I've always been like against like these scammy multi-level marketing employees that kind of prey on the, the poor, like under a hundred thousand dollar net worth type people. It's where I started, you know, I started with negative 50,000. No, I didn't start with that. I started at zero. I didn't have too much student debt when I left college, but man, it's a grind to get to that first hundred thousand dollar level but if you're going to pay someone five to twenty thousand dollars to get you coaching i mean that's i don't think that's smart everything's on the internet these days and you should be using that money to put into your own deals than to put into coaching 
I'm trying to make coaching out for everybody. So, I mean, that's why I'm doing that group coaching again. If you guys are interested, let me know. But again, my, my avatar, the guys who I reach out to in simple passive cash flow land is the working professional, the guys making at least $70,000 a year that they can put a couple grand to mitigate the, the pitfalls. And here's something I've been kind of thinking about lately, you know, simple passive cash flow 0.0 is getting a good job, working hard, simple passive cash flow. Number one is where I started with turnkey rentals. Number two is transitioning to syndications, becoming more of a passive investors, getting a life. But then after that, simple passive cash flow 3.0, which I'm trying to work through myself is like finding a passion because, you know, if you're thinking retirement is going golfing, you need to go get a life and you need to find a way to contribute back to others. And it goes to the subject of Ikigai, you know, trying to find something that you're good at, what you love at, what the world needs, what you can make a little bit of money out because money is a byproduct of you creating value for others. And that's kind of the sweet spot in the middle. We're not talking about hobbies where you love it and what you're good at and where it doesn't make any money. We got too many people in the world with too many hobbies. Here, here's kind of the another need that I'm trying to satisfy here is like the significance. And people kind of think that this is like an ego thing, but hey, you know, part of life is being happy. So I, I kind of get off on like going around traveling, meeting authors. And I got finally got interviewed by one of my mentors, Bob Helms on the Real Estate Guys Radio and talked about my fail, how I lost $40,000 in my first limited partner deal. And that was kind of a cool thing. I'm going to be on different speaker panels, this multifamily investor summit, January 17 to 19. Let me know. Um, this kind of code I think is lane L A N E. If you guys want to sign up for that. And I'm also going to be speaking at a few more events, which I'll get to later. The fourth need is uncertainty. You want to have some things in your life that outside your comfort zone. So for me, this past quarter, I've tried area yoga and like i said i got rid of my my car started the bike around some things that were uncertain oh here's the here's the bike thing there's my car got hit in the back got totaled so i got one of these bikes at costco for like a thousand dollars but then it fried out so i returned it gotta love that costco return policy but then i bought like this really crazy one that was a lot better i had this mercedes which I, I was a big goal of mine in 2015 to 16. And then I got it and it just kind of felt like a Jetta after a while. Like it wasn't that important. I mean, it was kind of cool to get there. It was fun to drive it. I think that the, the journey to get it was the coolest part. But yeah, I don't have that thing anymore. <laughs> Here's that area yoga thing I was talking about. I did that definitely outside my comfort zone. That's enough of that. <laughs> Here is like uncertainty. We want things to be certain. So, you know, the 52 unit that we're doing in Ankeny, Iowa, the flooring came in earlier this year. So, you know, it's progress forward. And then the, the last thing is, you know, having love and connection and relationships. Because at the end of the day, something I've noticed from higher level people is that you can have all the money you want. If you don't have the social capital and the network, it means nothing. That's really the currency of the rich. So, you know, traveling to all these conferences, having all these webinars, which you guys have been a real treat and like, you know, going to the, the cinema mastermind, like I mentioned, um, you know, that was a great way to meet a lot of you guys and looking to do more of that in the future, maybe doing another one in Washington in spring break. That'd be kind of cool. 
here are some resistance that I faced this quarter. You guys can read through that. And uh, some things I've been kind of irritated by lately is, you know, number one, the cap rate manipulation thing that a lot of syndicators do. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, this is kind of a quick way of doing like a spot check on if you should invest in a syndication deal. I think it's akin to the at work. If you guys work with Microsoft project and Gantt charts, there's a quick way of like spot checking it. If you're the boss and seeing if like people are screwing off, just look for this thing called negative slack. That's kind of a little trick. I don't like, I see a lot of these syndication portals and I hate this fake marketing. We're like, Oh, it's so it's filled up, you know, 75% filled up. I don't like that to create false scarcity BS. I'm tired of hearing, Hearing people saying they went to church and like all this stuff, I'm like, man, this is like where all the scams originate from, right? Like, you know, you hear about it all the time on um, all those like scam shows. Like, oh, he was from church. I thought I trusted him. I just don't like when people like drop it in there subliminally. I guess I kind of did that on my About Me page, but I don't know. That was kind of a big thing. Here's another thing I've been recently removing a few videos from my archives and podcasts because the operator turned out to be not the most up and up. And this is a sort of a warning. Like the most people I have on my podcast were friends or I respect them in the industry, but it's not, it's, it's not by no means a, a sign off that, Hey, you should call this person and get into their deal. Because number one, every deal is different. And I notice a lot of people who get popular, they start to get really aggressive on their underwriting. So that's something to keep in mind. So, but I really, you know, I really try and keep good people on the podcast and, and going down to two a week, two a month is really part of that too, is to keep it more of a quality thing instead of just con- a content junkie. Personally, I don't really listen to podcasts anymore because it's the same stuff over and over again. I mean, try and keep it free with that in mind for you guys, if it's something, nothing really new, then I just won't talk about it. And then this, the la- my last rant here is, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. It takes time and money and, and make, requires you to make an investment, taking time every day. Uh, it takes a lot of critical mass. And we talked about this in our goal seminar recently. Some doodads I've been buying, thought about getting this flight, the, the flight board here some lessons learned i didn't realize how powerful passive losses were to to offset income you guys can read some of that yeah look for in 2000 in the upcoming look for deals that i do that are a little bit more um, recession proof in 2019 join our coach group coaching bi-weekly calls there and um, sign up to be a founding group coaching student for that discount. And here's the survey link here to do so. I will be in Hawaii February 16th at an investing summit with Anderson folks. Uh, use code SPC there for a discount. I'll be on March 1st and 2nd in Scottsdale, Arizona. Check me out there. And the, and the mastermind in Los Angeles is March 14th to 17th. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next update. Bye, guys. 
Exceeding Lane Hack was approved by Lane Kawaoka, an efficiency and productivity expert, traditionally educated with a BS in industrial engineering, masters in civil engineering and construction management, and professionally licensed engineer in Washington State. With over a decade of infield experience, supervising construction crews and managing over $100 million capital projects in both bureaucratic, public, and corporate private sectors. And by the way, every situation is different, and remember to think for yourself.